Greetings, everybody. Apostle Lewis here with you for another weekly Kingdom Outlook. Hey, before we get started, because I will forget later on, would you go ahead and subscribe and like the video? Put a comment down below. Let me know what you think. We're going to be talking about something very important today. But go ahead. If I don't do it now, God knows I will forget before I get over. I'm really bad with that. And also, if you want to support Lewis D. Santa Ministries, go to lewisdsanta.com. Uh, and you could help us there. We are going... Uh, we got about five locations overseas this year that we're going to minister at, and we do it on our dime. Uh, we don't go there looking for them to provide for us. We go there and we preach the gospel and we pray for the sick. So we would love your help doing that. You can also join us at thegatejacks.com. That's the church and many other places. So go ahead and like, subscribe. But on our YouTube channel, which we're trying to build up, if you could go there, if you're not watching it on that, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, turn on notifications. That would be great. Okay. All that out of the way. Let's get going. I want to talk about the, you know, three-stranded chords of the law. The three segments are simple. There are moral, there are civic laws, and then there are ceremonial laws. Now, these are important to understand because... They each have different applications, and some have zero applications today. And if we don't know which one the Bible's talking about, then we're going to mess it up. And this is where I think that um, we have this debate today whether or not uh, sexual morality is, you know, matters, or God just cares if you're in love, and and people are rewriting because they say, well, we're not under law, we're under Christ. So we're going to deal with that. We're going to deal with it biblically. We're going to deal with it accurately. And we're going to deal with it with the word of God. Now, I want to humbly submit to you that I'm going to present this to you. And here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to take my word for it, but you do have to take the word of God for it. Okay. And I'm going to try to open up some revelation here about things that the Gentiles don't understand. And I can understand why. You know, Orthodox Jews look at us and go, my God, immorality, I understand why. And we, we're always making excuses in the church, listen to me, for our failures. Well, no one's perfect. You know, God loves us. We all need grace. These are all great statements. But we shouldn't have to be making them. We have ministers, you know, falling, getting caught in... You know, not only adultery, but homosexual relationships. And we're getting trapped by ourselves. We're getting trapped by our own ignorance and our own weaknesses. And Jesus, you know, there are things that we're not, we're not going to be perfect in everything, but can we at least be moral? Like that's the one thing that drives me nuts is our morality can we at least be moral before the Lord? Can we at least hold that line? I know we're not going to preach perfect sermons. Certainly don't ever think I do. I know we're not going to always pray. For, you know, sometimes we pray for the sick. They don't get healed. They got me instead of faith, instead of the power of God. I, I ask them to forgive me when that happens. I don't ever want to sit there and tell you that I'm perfect. <clears throat> but I've been married 36 years coming up on January by, you know, and, you know, I just watch people throw away relationships, marriage, people lie. That's a moral failure. People steal. That's a moral failure. And I don't think we should be having these. I really don't. 
Um, sorry, I don't. I really think that we should be bigger than that in the body of Christ. So what I want to do today is talk about the three strand cord called the law. Now, the law has those three elements which we talked about. Now, the moral law is summarized in the Ten Commandments. Okay, and the moral law is your morality. Thou should not steal. You can put the tithe in here because tithe came before this. And by the way, one of the first things that people don't realize outside the garden, the first story we have is about offering to God. So when people say money doesn't matter, it was the first thing after the garden that is exposed. The first sin after the garden is the fact that there's a bad offering and then it leads to murder. Okay, so offerings do matter. Uh, God put it this way, Malachi, will you rob God? But you have robbed me. Okay, so that's a that's a moral code. It's a moral attribute. Moral law has not changed. It's man and a woman in marriage. Honor thy mother and father. Uh, it doesn't mean obey them. You obey them when you're young. You honor them when you're older. You don't go to your I'm you know, I'm. 50. Well, I'm 58. And uh, my son's is my one son is 30. My other son is 22. My daughter's 27. And you know what? I don't expect them to obey me. I matter of fact, I don't tell them what to do. They they know they were in relationship. They know what I believe. They believe the same thing. And we walk that out. But I don't expect them to obey me because that would be wrong. I do expect them to obey Jesus in the word. And for them to learn how to walk with them, right? That's the goal. All right. The moral law is still there, summarized in the Ten Commandments. The next segment is what we'd call civic law. Civic laws have to deal with, you know, they're actually in the law. It's actually crazy stuff in the law that has this in there, and it's kind of crazy. So let me let me show you one of these civic laws. It's found in Deuteronomy 22, verse 8, and it says, when you build a new house, then you shall make a parapet for your roof, that you may not bring guilt of bloodshed on your household if anyone falls from it. Now, a parapet, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Forgive me, all you Hebrew scholars. Uh, the parapet is a basically a low wall, basically like a railing. It's a border. You know, it describes here a short wall around the upper level of the house. So that's why you see so many of the homes uh, they have on the rooftop because they would go to the rooftop a lot and they have this short wall. You, you're usually from, you know, a little bit below the hips down, maybe at the hips down. And what it's saying is, look, if you're going to build a house, it's the owner's responsibility to build this also to keep his guests safe. That's a civic law. You can maybe say it's a moral law, but it's a civic law. It's a building code. And we have these throughout America, throughout the world. They're called building codes or civic laws. They neither have or don't have anything to do with my relationship, my righteousness with God. They are how to have my relationship with other people and protecting everyone who comes to my house. Okay, so those are civic laws. We have them all over the place. Okay, there's certain things you can do in your development, certain things you can't, certain um, <clears throat> ways you can construct a building, certain ways you can't. Um, the way you drive your car. We don't ride on the sidewalks. People are there, so we don't put our cars there, you know. Things like this. These are civic laws. All right. Now, some are criminal. Some are uh, so civil. But they are laws. Okay. 
And we, as a society, get to pick and choose from those laws which ones we're going to bring into our society. And by the way, we do have a lot of the laws come from the Bible. When, we, when, when the Christians began to construct the West in society, they took a lot of these laws. Some took some of the laws of righteousness, which we're, we're going to talk about, which messed things up and made people get into a whole bunch of stuff. All right. Moral laws, civic laws. Still applicable. Civic laws, however, every community, every society gets to choose the civic laws. Okay? Moral laws you don't get to choose from. Okay? You can't have any other gods above God. That's it. If that's done away with, what are we going to do? All right? But the laws of righteousness or the laws of the requirements of how you become righteous, those have been done away with. And those dealt with offering up a bull, a lamb, turtle doves, yearly sacrifices, new moons, all those things, all of those things had to do with your laws of righteousness. And for a lot of Christians, they don't know there's different segments of this, but I'm going to show you in the scriptures because I don't want you to be like, you know, uh, I don't want you to be like, um, hey, Lou, you're lying. So I want you to turn with me uh, to Matthew 7. I'm going to try to go quick here. I don't want to make this a 30-minute video if I can avoid it. Matthew 7. And very simply, it's a Sermon on the Mount, and it's the last last uh, segment of the Sermon on the Mount. And it says this, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You might go, Lou, there's people alternative lifestyles, but they're preaching the word and and they're going to go to Jesus. Hey, we even prophesied in your name. And Jesus is going to look. I had moral law that you disregarded. That's lawlessness. Depart from me. You might go, no, no, no. It's faith in Jesus. Look, faith in Jesus in and of itself does not negate doing our own thing. Because here's the thing. If he is Lord, then I don't do my own thing. And if I'm going to disregard his moral law, then I am refusing him. And that's a problem. You might not think it. You might want to, you might want to, you know, uh, uh, create a segment in your brain that says, no, no, I can do, as long as I am doing this stuff, this stuff doesn't matter. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem. That's the knowledge of good and evil. And you're thinking the good you do is outweigh your evil. It's not going to. I'm not allowed to have an affair. I'm not allowed to have an adulterous relationship while you know being married to my wife. I'm not allowed to go and have an affair. Why would anyone else get to have sexual immorality? You go, but you love God. Okay, then I have to repent. I have to repent. But if I now sit there and say it doesn't matter... That's a whole different thing. If I fail, I fail. Please, Lord, don't let me fail. If I fail, I fail. That's different than me saying, I don't believe him on that. I'm going to do my own thing. All right. So you have these things, civic laws, 
laws of righteousness. Let's get into the laws. You know, some of the ceremonial laws, like everyone who touches its flesh must be holy. Um, and when its blood is sprinkled on the animal, on any garment, you shall wash that on which it was. You got all these washings, folks. You see this in the chosen. You see them when they're washing their hands, they say a prayer. They have all these things that they have to do. Those were the laws for righteousness. Now, why did God give them those laws? God gave them those laws because when Moses came down the mountain, Israel was playing the fool. Okay? And when Israel was playing the fool, God said, I'm going to have to restrain these people or they're never, ever going to make it uh, until I bring Christ. They'll die before I bring Christ to the forefront for them. And it says in Jeremiah, I've been reading Jeremiah in the NASB. And, um, man, I've just got everything marked up in here. And I love reading in different translations. It's something you can do. Um, uh, because when you do that, you, um, you, uh, you read things in a way that you never uh, read before. But he says in here, um, when... When I brought you out of the land of Israel, did I instruct you in in the ways of sacrifices and all that? And he, he says, no, I didn't. I didn't want animal sacrifices. I didn't want all that. But so that your sin would be exceedingly sinful and that every time you sinned, it was going to require a life of something. I wanted sin to become exceedingly sinful to you. This is what Paul explains in Romans 7. I wanted it to become exceedingly sinful. You know what happened, though? People found they could just offer up an animal, and it, wasn't, it didn't convert the heart, which it never was supposed to. It was supposed to restrain them until Christ could deal with the inner workings of our heart. Okay? And so these laws of righteousness... Boy, aren't you glad we don't have to do them? It says this in Romans 3.21, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is it saying? Well, the, the, the law, Christ, was coming. That's what was witnessed. And it was, they kept on, remember, the law and the prophets prophesied, there would be someone who comes after me. There would be a new covenant. It was witnessed by the prophets. Okay, that there was going to be something coming later down the road that was going to change all this stuff. God didn't want blood sacrifices. He didn't want and What he wanted was obedience. Okay, and so we have to understand some of this stuff and how it goes about. And so it says this, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Say that for righteousness, not for the moral code. But for righteousness, not the, Christ is not the end of morality. He is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay? What happens uh, to many people is that they, they think that, well, end of the law means there is no right and wrong. There's nothing farther from the truth than us thinking that there is no right and wrong. That's a problem, if you ask me. 
go ahead and ask me. That's a problem, right? It's a really, really dangerous factoid there that we have. Now, in Romans 9, Paul is addressing this. Paul, by the way, read Romans 9, 10, 11 if you want to understand Israel uh, relating to this. Because Paul is pleading with his brethren that they would come to Christ, right? And he says this, What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteous, even the righteous of faith. In other words, they want they weren't even pursuing to be righteous. But because they believed in Christ Jesus, they have obtained righteousness. But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness. See, there's a law of righteousness. Has not obtained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled. In other words, here's the problem. They didn't want it by faith. He goes on to sit there and say, he, he's going to keep going. And he, he here's, his, here's what Paul says in Romans 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, for righteousness, not for moral, not for morality, for righteousness. Righteousness is different than morality. You have to understand the words, okay? It's the difference of it. All right, he says, for righteousness to everyone who believes. For God writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. We don't live by the we don't live by ceremonial laws. We live by faith in Christ. But if I have faith in Christ, look, when I before I knew Jesus, folks, uh, you know, I don't like talking about my old life. It's been 35, 34 years now, 34. <clears throat> I don't like talking about my old life. I'm not the kind of guy. I don't like talking about that stuff because I don't want to give any glory. I want anyone to think anything about my former life that I think was good. And I didn't have an opinion on home. I didn't like homosexuality, but I didn't have an opinion on it. As far as like, you're going to hell, none of that stuff. I didn't come up with that because the Bible tells us what's righteous. I raised my kids this way. You know, I don't, I don't, I've never made my kids, you know, repent before they come back to me. I will always say to them, you know, when you screw up, run to me, run to me and God, and we'll repent together. We'll, we'll go to God together if we have to. I raise them as kids. I always tell people, run to God when you sin, not away from it's, you go, we well, have to repent, run to him. That's repentance. That's actually repentance. That's when you come towards him, you're repenting because you were going in the wrong direction. All right, let's, let's keep going. We'll talk about that some other time. So, so Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, not the moral code of how we live our life. Let me, let me, let's, let's read, let's read Exodus uh, 20 real quick. And this is the law for moral code. And I want you to see which one of these you think it is okay for you to ignore, if you think so. 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, let me ask you, do you, you say you're not under law? Do you say you're not under law? Well, that would mean you can have other gods. How many gods can you have? Zero. Don't make for yourself any carved image that you'll bow down to anything. But why? Did Israel do some of these things, right? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, this is what this means. People think this means cussing the name. It means you're taking the name in covenant. Don't take that unless you plan on keeping it. Okay, taking his name, taking the name of the Lord. I gave my life to Christ as a Christian. I didn't do it in vain. I had the full intention to follow Christ to my death. Okay, all right. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you will labor. Now, people go, well, wait a minute, you have to keep the Sabbath. I do keep the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It's a day of rest. I keep a day of rest. What I do not do is... Um, it, I I always keep it, look, at even if I have to travel, and let's say I'm speaking on a Friday night, Saturday, like I've done nothing tonight, last today's Saturday, by the way, just so you know, I don't do a lot Friday night to Saturday. I rest. I do a lot of resting. You go, well, wait, you're supposed to go to church. No, it's rest. And here's why. When Israel came out of Egypt, they were working seven days a week, and God is teaching them to rest they don't know rest. They don't know what it like. it's like. That. They've never had a day off in 100 years. They do not know what it's like to trust God for food. And this is why in the manna, he begins to teach them to trust him. That's why Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. God made the Sabbath to give man rest because you cannot work seven days a week and keep your spirit in the right place. You have to take a day rest. Now, I know there's those guys out there. I work seven days a week. I'm a multimillionaire. And you look at their marriages and look at their kids and look at their friendships and their relationships. They have a lot of money, but they're lacking so many other things. All right. Let's go on to another one. And Paul said, some say keep one day holy. Some say keep every day holy. I prefer keeping every day holy before the Lord. All right. Honor your father and mother. You think we could stop doing that? How about you shall not murder? Maybe there's no law anymore. Maybe we can murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet thy neighbor's house. I mean, which one of these do you think we can doubt? If we're not under law, then none of those are valid. How many know they're all valid, right? Okay. So that's the problem we get into when we say we're not under law. Christians don't know what they're saying when they say that. They've repeated something from the pulpit. And it's wrong. It's inaccurate. We're not under the law for righteousness sake. The things that made them righteous in the law are not the things that make you righteous today. Only faith in Jesus Christ makes you righteous today. Amen? And that, I don't know about you, but that is fantastic news. Amen. Amen. 
hey, do me a favor, like, subscribe, and put something in the comments. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know what questions you have. You might disagree. Just be respectful, but tell me where, and we'll see what we can find out. Maybe we can learn together. Love you, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.